podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. You're listening to the DolphinsTalk.com Podcast Network. You're listening to a weekly podcast made by Miami Dolphin fans for Miami Dolphin fans. Your source for entertaining Dolphin news, insight, and general conversation. Here's your host, Michael Fink. All right, it's another Wednesday, and uh, we're here tonight to preview the Kansas City Chiefs coming into Hard Rock Stadium to face our Miami Dolphins. Uh, with me is Louis Ragoni. Hi, Dolphins. And Jim Johnson. Hey, everybody. Guys, are you scared? <laughs> scared. <laughs> well, oh, no, not anymore. Go ahead, Jim. Scared's probably not the right word, but uh, not overly confident, maybe, is how I'm looking at this. <laughs> there, we Nobody scares me anymore, Mike. I mean, if there was a team, this would be the team. But, I, you know, after us, after how we played against Seattle and some of these other better teams, I, I think that we're capable of uh, competing against anybody. And Kansas City... You know, I've watched them a few times where they looked a little vulnerable in certain aspects of their, you know, their football team. So if we play a sound football game, we can compete. So yeah, I mean, you should be scared of this team, but um, you know, I think we'll be fine. I think we'll compete. You know, I, I I don't think we should be scared. I think we've played good football this year for the most part, and uh, I don't see any reason why we shouldn't believe we'll go out Sunday and play good football again. Um, we'll see. Mm-hmm. We've had one really bad football game this year, and it was against Denver. So, you know, if, if we say, if we do what we've been doing, we stay consistent and we don't, hurt, you know, kill ourselves in this game, we should compete. I think so. I, I do think it'll be a competitive game. Now, you know, there's always the chance you could be wrong. Kansas City can score often and fast, and, and hopefully our defense prevents that from happening. Correct. So, Lewis, uh, you're going to talk a little bit about their offense, correct? Yeah. If that's what you want me to do, Mike, that's, that's what I'm here to do that, for that's you, That's what I want you to do. Oh, man. Oh, man. <laughs> all right. Well, I mean, it all starts with Mr. Mahomes, and uh, he is uh, <laughs> he's the best in the business right now as far as I'm concerned. Um, you know, he averages over 300 yards a game, and, you know, every element of his game is perfection for the most part. I mean, you look at his numbers, you know, he averages close to 320 yards a game. He's got 31 touchdown passes, two interceptions, which is absolutely insane. I mean, that's just absolutely crazy. You know, his quarterback ratings, you know, through the roof, 113. He averages, you know, his completion percentage is close to 70. He does everything right. And then you throw the element of uh, his running game into the mix, which he can do as well. I mean, he can hurt you running the football. And he's very smart when he does it. You know, he doesn't put himself in a position where you're going to get a nice hit on him. He usually just takes the ball, slides down, runs out of bounds. He He's just playing perfect football, and he's been doing this for a couple of years now. So it starts with him. And then you throw in, you know, all of the all the other players on this football team and they have some really dynamic guys um Hilaire the running back the rookie is just outstanding he's averaging close to five yards a carry and he's sort of an afterthought on this football team 
it's just unbelievable how many weapons that they come at you with. Tyreek Hill, I mean, everybody knows about him. I mean, he's a task in himself. But they may not know he's sick. Yeah, he is sick and so is Hilaire. I mean, you know, maybe we'll get lucky, right? We'll get maybe we'll get awfully lucky and we won't have to see either one of those guys. But I, I uh, hate to root for anybody to be sick, but I wouldn't be heartbroken if it happened. Well, they're not hurt, Mike. They're sick. Yeah, they're gonna yeah. get over it. So if right. they have the flu for a week and then they come back next week against some of the teams we're competing against and for plug. That works spots, well for me. Then it's I'm fine with it. Yeah, it wouldn't hurt my feelings either. Yeah, so you know, Hilaire, like I like I mentioned, I mean, he's their best back. Obviously, we all know Le'Veon Bell was signed there. He just came on a few weeks ago. I'll tell you what, when he's on the field, it's a plus for us because he's nothing as to what Hilaire is. I watched him the last few games, and and he looks slow to the punch. Hilaire is he's in a whole different world right now as far as how he's running the football. Um, Tyreek Hill, as I mentioned, great. Kelsey is the key to this offense. I mean, you may say it's Hill. You may say it's this guy, that guy. But Kelsey, his numbers, let me throw these numbers at you real quick. He's got 82 receptions on 111 targets, okay, through 12 games. And you guys can figure out the math there. This guy's getting targeted 10 times a game as a tight end i'd be throwing to him (laughs) exactly and they're completing 80 percent of those you know uh, maybe a little bit less than that but the percentage you know when they throw to him is just incredible he's got over 1100 yards receiving and here's the thing that shocks me the most about kelsey he's averaging 13.6 yards a catch okay tyreek hill is averaging 14.6 yards a catch. Now, think about that for a minute. That's crazy. Is it insane? I mean, you've got a tight end. You've got the fastest receiver in football, and you've got a tight end here that is averaging just one yard less than the probably the fastest receiver in football. Um, Between them, those two guys, they have – 21 touchdowns. Tyreek's got 13. Kelsey's got eight. But this whole offense, I think, goes around Kelsey. And I think that he's the number one guy that we're going to have to shut down in order for them to not move the sticks consistently. You know, you throw in the rest of their receiving core and they're all speed. I mean, Hardman is fast. He's got close to 500 yards receiving. Robinson is extremely fast. Sammy Watkins doesn't have the type of speed these other guys have, but he's a great possession receiver who's been hurt. And he's back. I think he came back last week. So you've got a lot of guys on this offense to worry about. But in my opinion, it's, it's you know, Kelsey's got to be the guy that they've just got to pay a lot of attention to in the middle of the field. So how do you think they're going to do that? Well, what I think they're going to do is they're going to maybe go man-to-man on the outside. I think that Jones will be able to handle their second, whoever it is, Watkins, whoever whoever that may be. It could be Robinson. It could be Hardman. I'm not sure. But Tyreek and Xavier Howard are going to have a battle. Uh, It's just that simple. I mean, he may get safety help from time to time, but I honestly believe that they're going to throw a lot of the attention at Kelsey in the middle of the field. They're going to stay. They may go out there with a nickel package the whole game 
and, you know, say, hey, you know what? If you guys are going to beat us, then you're going to have to run the football to beat us. And I think that's a plus if, in fact, we do that. You know, you throw an extra safety on the field that can hit. Uh, maybe Brandon Jones, somebody like that. And you double up Kelsey in the middle of the field and you have a guy, you know, that plays the safety position, come up and use him sort of as a linebacker, sort of, you know, and that's how you, that's how you attack them. And you, you just roll the dice with your guys out there, man, the man, maybe throw a little safety help over on, over on Tyreek Hill from time to time. And that's how you defend these guys. That's what I would do. That's what you would do. Huh? What if Hunt lines up in the slot? Hunt? I mean, Hill. Hill lines up in the slot. Yeah. You got to have Xavier just uh, trail him, much like they did with DeAndre Hopkins. I mean, listen, I, I don't think Jones is is up to the task. And obviously, you know, our nickel guy like Needham won't be up to the task. I think that Xavier Howard's just got to follow Tyreek all over the field. It's that simple. Now, if he lines up in the slot, Mike, maybe, you know, you, you double up. You know, you double up on him and you leave Xavier on the outside. But if I'm a defensive coordinator right now, I'm putting my best guy against your best guy. And, you know, maybe he'll win a battle here or there, but maybe we win a couple of battles. Um, right. You know, the, the key here, and this is an important key, is pressure from the four linemen, whoever they may be that are in the game. Because I honestly don't see them blitzing Mahomes a lot. I think that they're running into trouble if, in fact, they do that and they leave a lot of guys isolated around the field. Now, you can blitz them from time to time, but I think, I think that you'd be smarter to, to hopefully get some sort of pressure on him with a four-man rush. Maybe send a, you know, a, a corner or, or a safety up the middle from time to time. But... Um, you know, I, I think you're asking for trouble if you start putting a lot of guys out on islands all over the place. Because I'll tell you who to watch uh, this week. You've got mm-hmm. they've got a right uh, right guard Wiley, uh-huh. and uh, he'll be lining up, and Wilkins should be over him. Okay, and that's a matchup that Wilkins should be able to win. We hope so. Yeah, yeah. Well, um, I, Mike, he, I think we've the- got to win a lot of those battles across that. That well, yeah, all, yeah. Know, but what I'm saying line. is, he's he's their weakest link on the offensive line, and uh-huh. uh, matched up against the first round draft pick, I would expect our first round draft pick to be able to uh, get some push in the middle of that pocket there. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, the, the ends have got to they have to contain Mahomes. They can't allow him to get outside their pressure and just run for 15, 20 yards because they send guys down the field. And I mean down the field. And when you got Kelsey, you know, in the middle of the field, I mean, the outside is just wide open for him to just get, you know, 10, 15 yards at a clip. So they have to keep him in the pocket. They have to do it. Jim, you've looked at the other side of the ball. What you think? We've got our work cut out for us big time here. Uh, Kansas City's defense is kind of underrated. They score quite a lot of points, so uh, the defense gives up a lot of yards here and there when it's really not that important. So, you know, they've got some good players. Uh, Chris Jones has got five and a half sacks. Frank Clark on the uh, the right defensive end has got four sacks. So that's where it's going to start in those trenches. And those matchups, Frank Clark against Austin Jackson is going to be big. Uh, you got a rookie going against uh, Clark who's who knows a thing or two. So that's a matchup to watch there. And on the other side, 
Chris Jones is uh, going to be more in the middle, so he's going to be going against Kindley and Hunt on that other side. These are matchups that are really going to make or break, you know, how Tua does and, you know, with the football. So those trench battles are things that you really got to keep an eye on in general. You're going to have to give uh, Jackson a little help with a tight end or, you know, make sure there's a there's a running back to, uh, you know, help with pass coverage and stuff. But you can't dedicate too many people to that and you got to let Tua play his game. So looking at this, we're going to have to try to sustain some drives which means we got to try to run the football say what yeah i know isn't that a strange concept we (laughs) haven't been able to do that for so long it's crazy uh but that is kansas city's weakness on defense so you know this is another game where we need to try to run the ball we need to try to keep mahomes on the sideline you know this is a a concept that we've talked about with other high-scoring teams, the best place for the other quarterback is is walking up and down the sidelines. So to do that, we've got to get some first downs and sustain some drives. And, you know, Gaskins came back last week. He had a good game. Uh, the one fumble was a, was a bummer on the long, long play, but it is what it is. He still had a solid outing. And You'll learn something from it. Yeah, and we need to continue that whole deal because Tua lives off that whole run pass option deal. And you know, if your if your safeties are cheating up, uh, you know that that gives him that pass option to Gazeki or whoever's in that flat area. So that's what we got to get established uh, is somewhat of a running game. I don't expect miracles, but you've got to get it going. Bowden brings us a little more speed. So you've got Grant, you've mm-hmm. got Bowden, and uh, I think if those safeties cheat up, we're going to try and make them pay for it. Well, this is what I wanted to see last week as well. I wanted to see a few more outside runs, and we really didn't see much off-tackle stuff. You know, it was a lot of up the middle, which is which is fine. You want to run it up the gut and punish them, that's fine. But if it's not working you know, you kind of wasted a down. So um, Bowden would be great. You know, we've been talking about getting these guys in space uh, and utilizing the speed all season long. We haven't seen a lot of it. I'm hoping that we see a little bit more creativity in that running game. But we also saw some up-tempo in the second half, you know, no huddle. And that was pretty effective. It really got to a really rolling there in the third quarter last week. So these are the same concepts. But we do have some issues in the secondary. You know, Matteo for, for the Chiefs is five interceptions. That's no laughing matter. So yeah, you got to be, you know, two is going to have to be careful with the football. You know, obviously you always got to be careful with it. But this is a team that does make some interceptions. I mean, Sorensen's got three ints. Breland's got two. Uh, Sneed has two ints. So two is not going to go the whole season without throwing an interception. So, oh, yeah. To, <laughs> you know. To, to be honest with you, I, I'd just as soon get it over with. But, uh, you know, that's that's coming at some point. He's had several close calls and a couple of ints uh, that were remedied by... And I'd, by, I'd like to see him be a little aggressive this game. And, you know, if he turns the ball over, he turns the ball over. Obviously, you don't want to. And, you know, you, yeah. you, you shy away from doing it. But yeah. you've also got to be aggressive. So you've got to balance that risk. And... uh you know, I think for them to win this game, Jim, they're going to have to be a little bit aggressive with their wide receivers. Oh, exactly. And and I was coming to that. You know, one if you if you can get the ground game going, uh, that will open up more pass plays. And you know, I, my biggest thing is establish a little bit of a running game early and get 
Gazeki involved early on because he should be able to win those matchups in the middle of the field and even down the seam in, a, in those deeper plays. Parker's going to do his Parker things. When you look at it, we haven't seen Parker making those big plays down the sideline. Now, now two has also been getting rid of the ball in 2.3 seconds, so it doesn't have time for those long plays to develop. But like you say, we're not going to beat the Kansas City Chiefs by playing it conservative. We're going to have to take some shots, and we're going to have to win some of those shots. Well, I think you do a combination of both. I think you try and play somewhat conservative because you don't want their offense on the field. Yep. But you've also got to be aggressive downfield with the passing game. So I'm not saying they should be throwing deep every play. I'm, they should play relatively conservative and take their shots and mm-hmm. uh, try and set up those passes with other things that are shorter. Yep. Yep. You know, Gaskin should be able to have some success on the ground as well as that short passing game. Yes. Uh, so, you know... It's one of those games where, we, you know, like last last week, uh, we saw Denver give uh, give Mahomes fits. You know, it was a lot of batted passes and a, and a, yep. a lot of pressure. They contained him pretty well, uh, and he was frustrated. They kept him out of the end zone. Uh, I think they only had one touchdown. I mean, uh, that's a, that's a win basically against the Chiefs. Obviously, Denver didn't pull out the the victory, but only allowing uh, Mahomes and company one touchdown is a is quite an accomplishment yeah. uh, when they, for a when defense. They, when they play that crummy and still still win, that that tells you how good a team they are. Yes, yes, and and you know, I mean, Lou touched on it. They've got so many playmakers on offense. You know, they're going to get their plays, but we've just got to keep them kind of off balance enough to uh, make our plays. So on you're, the other, you're thinking on the other run, run to establish the pass, right? That that's your, that's your theory here. Basically, yeah, I feel that we got to come out with it, you know, right. I mean, you can't go, you know, 15 minutes a whole first quarter trying to run the ball, uh, but you've got to get it going early and 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 keep it going that way. Because if we if we, we haven't been very successful running, and that's that's the part that bothers me. I mean, you know, in theory, I like your idea, but I don't know that we have the horses up front to do it. Mm-hmm. So I kind of think they might have to kind of do the opposite. They might have to, you know, play a short passing game and uh, use the pass to set up their own a little bit. I don't know. We'll see. It's six of one, half a dozen of another. Yep. And, and I good, basically... Good thing can, we're not in charge, Jim. <laughs> and I basically consider that short pass stuff as an extension of the running game and anyway. It is. It is. But yeah, if you don't, if you get one dimensional early in this game, it's going to be ugly at best because... They're going to start eating, and uh, you know you. Well, you've hopefully, got to- you know if you if you send you know Gaskin in the flat, and they they start really you know keying on Gaskin, then you've got Gasecki over the top of him, or you've got uh, yep. one of the outside receivers that you can hit. You know, so you know if they want to cheat up, let them cheat up. We we can handle that with Grant and and Bowden out there, and even Parker. You know, we've got right. guys who can run pretty well. Uh, so I would invite them to cheat up because I think that would be to our advantage. No question. Yeah, Kansas City is so capable of scoring so quickly mm-hmm. that, you know, time of possession is is such a key in this football game. I mean, they have to move the sticks regardless of how they get it done. Yep. We have to put drives together, whether they be five, six-minute drives. They have to keep – the best way to keep – you know, the best way to keep these guys from scoring is to not see them on the football field. Kansas City gets the football, and they're they're such a chunk 
play type of football team where they can get down the field on four plays and it takes them two minutes and they're in the end zone. So we have to sustain some drives here through the course of this game and we can keep it close. And that's, that's the key to this. The offense is the absolute key to this football game. Abs- we, we, cannot, we cannot be going three and out. It's that simple. We have to put some first downs together. Even if we stall, we have to keep them off the field to some extent. Or else, well, you know, we're, we're just not going to compete in this football game. Now, I think the offense is, is much more important in this game than the defense. You know, I, I hope you understand what I'm saying by that. Yeah, in so order for us to win done. this football game, mm-hmm. that's an absolute necessity. Because Kansas City, you know, is going to do what they do in our defense. You know, they may hang in there to some extent, but you know eventually Kansas City is going to score. It's up to our offense to, you know, to to help them out a little bit. Yep. It's going to take all three phases of the team to make this happen. It's going to be offense, defense, and special teams. So, mm-hmm. you know, one one bad play here or there and and it could go from a tight game to a to a 14-point deficit. So, got to got to be a complete game. Yeah, a friend of ours, Steve Riccardi, said that the defense was the most important aspect uh, this game. And uh, Lou, you disagree with that? You think it's the offense? Well, first of all, Mike, you said friend, and I, you know, <laughs> Steve. <laughs> well, we won't go there, but uh, he said the defense is more important. Well, you know, everybody's entitled to their opinion. I think the defense. We know what they're going to bring to the table. We know what Kansas City's offense is going to bring to the table. The big question mark here is our offense. And that's why I say there's so much more important in this football game. Because at halftime of last week, we had six points on the board and we were actually losing to Cincinnati. We can't do that this week. We can't do it. It's that simple. So they're the key to the football game. So what you're you're saying is if Tua is an incredible Sunday, we're going to (laughs) lose. Mike, you know what? He doesn't have to be incredible. He has to move the sticks, and I don't give a damn how he does it. He's got to convert third downs. He had Exactly. We can't can't have 0 for 9 on third downs or whatever we were. Maybe we picked up one third down. Absolutely. The the big difference right now in between Tua and Fitzpatrick is the fact that Fitzpatrick moved the chains and they stalled in the red zone a lot of the times. Um, Two is doing a little bit of both. You know, the, the three and outs, you didn't see an awful lot when Fitzpatrick was in the game. You know, he'd put drives together and, you know, we'd get a field goal and, you know, we'd keep the other team's offense off the football field. That's what Tua has to do. And I don't care if he's got to tuck the ball and run for five or six yards. He's got to understand that in this game, more so than any other game that we've that he started in, that that's a major key to this football game is the fact that he keeps Mahomes and the rest of those guys off the field. And he's got to do everything possible to I'm do sure it. I'm sure the coaches have stressed that to him. Absolutely. It, he's, got to, he's got to do it, though, Mike. I mean, you can talk a guy until they're blue in the face, but he's got to go out there and he's got to execute and he's got to get the job done. And we got a shot at winning if that happens. Okay. So what's your prediction? Oh, we're doing predictions, huh? You're going with me first here, Yeah, huh? you're the one who has this uh, offensive theory here. Let's go 27-21, and uh, we're on the losing end. Okay. What's the spread in the game, guys? Do we know? 
Seven points. Okay, so I predict them not to cover. I think we play them pretty tough, um, but we fall just a little bit short. I almost laughed out loud because I had 27 to 20 on my on my notes here. Uh, so Lou and I are thinking along the same lines. I think I think we're going to be in this game, uh, but we're not going to have enough to pull out the, the victory on it. Well, the old guys will remember uh, back in 71, we went out to <laughs> Kansas City to play against the Kansas City Chiefs. And uh, they were the reigning Super Bowl champions. And uh, we were this upstart young football team and uh shula brought them in there and uh, they took double overtime but they beat those chiefs at, uh, having to tie the game and come you know go ahead three times so i'm not saying that's gonna happen but just for the hell of it miami 27 chiefs 24 all right Woo-hoo! all right i like it all right now we got some injury information okay as far as today's uh practice was concerned uh, Jamal Perry was put on the COVID list. Okay. Running back Salvin Ahmed has the shoulder. He didn't practice. Matt Breida's on the COVID list. He didn't practice. Kyle Van Noy has the hip issue. He didn't practice. Landon Roberts with a chest injury didn't practice. And Eric Flowers with his ankle didn't practice. Ten people were limited in practice, and that was uh, Tua. Um, he should play. It's not a problem. They, I think they were just uh, had his thumb wrapped and uh, had him not take as many snaps as normal. Cornerback uh, Xavier Howard, uh, Jakeem Grant, Malcolm Perry, Solomon Kinley, Adam Shaheen, uh, Andrew Van Ginkle, Kayvon Frazier, and uh, Miles Gaskin and DeAndre Hopkins were all limited. On injured reserve is Preston Williams, Devon Gachow, and Vince Beagle, which everybody knows. Uh, I, there's some questions as to whether or not uh, Preston Williams will be back, and the coach really didn't he addressed it, but didn't say anything. We'll see was basically his answer. Mm-hmm. So we uh, took some questions and uh, got a few pretty good ones. Took some questions from? We took some questions from our listeners. Okay, cool. Steve Medina. Jim, I'll give you this one. Uh, he, he wants you to pick one player that the Chiefs will attempt to take away from Tua on Sunday to get him out of rhythm, and who would benefit the most from that? In other words, which player on our team would benefit the most from that? You know, if they were, if I'm the defensive coordinator, I'm going to want to limit Parker's effect on the game because he's been our leading receiver and gets the most targets. Uh, and if you try to take him away, then I would say the next guy up is probably going to be Gazeki. And and that's the way I would go with it. Is if I was Kansas City, uh, you could flip flop those two guys. You know, Gazeki had a big game last week, but all year long Parker has been uh, the go-to guy. So I would uh, I would say Parker's the guy they try to take out, and Gazeki will be the guy that benefits. Joseph Cusinata wants to know about using Wilkins as a running back on the goal line, and I, I know we did it once or twice. Uh, earlier in the season, but I'm not really a big fan of that personally because I feel like his ball skills are not going to be the same as a running back's and uh, fumbles hurt down there. So I'm, I'm not a big fan of that. What do you guys think, uh, Jim? You know, Wilkins is a big athletic guy and he's all excited and, and loves to be out there, you know, playing ball. But you know, I have the same uh, kind of thoughts as you do, Mike. I'm I'm a little bit reluctant to do it for a couple of reasons. Uh, number one, 
I'm afraid he's going to get injured on some silly play and we'll be without him on defense. So I, I would be reluctant that way. Uh, as far as the ball skills, most of that goal line stuff, uh, I think he understands that uh, the ball is the first priority. But uh, I would be reluctant to do it. I mean, it's just, just not something that I'd, I'd want to go to. Rich Castillo asks, uh, what do we have to do to shut down Hill and Mahomes and DSCS getting the job done? I think we kind of already covered that. Is there anything specific, Lou, that you would do besides what you've already mentioned? Again, you know, you got to contain Mahomes and, uh, you know, Xavier and Howard's got to just have a great game. You know, he's been playing well against the best receivers in the game and he's got to continue doing it. I mean, Tyreek Hill's a very, very good receiver, but I mean, DK Metcalf is, and so is uh, DeAndre Hopkins and all those guys. And right. he's matched up pretty well against them. So, you know, we're not, he's not the king. You know, mm-hmm. Xavier Howard could be, you know, could be the king when it's all said and done once this battle's fought on Sunday. So that's how we approach that. Ryan Norwood asked, do you see Michael Dieter working his way back up once Karras or uh, Flowers is gone? Or do you think we've kind of seen enough of him? I had high hopes for Dieter when when we brought him in a couple of years back, but he just hasn't uh, he hasn't excelled at any position, guard or center. They have been working him at center for a, a backup there, but to be honest with you, uh, I don't really see him becoming anything but a reserve position on the team moving forward. I think if Karras isn't re-signed, they probably draft or look for somebody in, in free agency. So that my answer would be probably not going to be a starter on the team. Yeah, I never say never, but I kind of agree with you. Steve Lewandowski asks, obviously our running game needs a tremendous lift. Do you see us doing this through the draft, free agency, or both, Lewis? Things didn't work out for us in regard to going through free agency. And I honestly, I don't know who the running backs are that, uh, that are going to be free agents at this point going in the next season. On top of that, I feel that in regard to the running back position, when a guy gets to his second contract, he's a little burnt out at that point. I think that they absolutely have to draft a running back this year and a good one. Uh, you look at some of the guys that they passed up this year and they're having some success. I mean, Jonathan Taylor and, the and guy Swift. in Kansas City. Yeah, yep. Swift, Hilaire. Um, a lot of these guys are doing extremely well. And my goodness, I would love to see one of those guys in our backfield right now. Uh, Swift, before he got hurt over in Detroit, was just playing outstanding football. I got to watch him a little bit, and he looks like a real football player. And we had an opportunity to get these guys. Now, you know, next year, uh, as we're watching this, this season unravel, uh, it's it's an absolute necessity. We have to get a guy that can create on his own. The offensive line is going to miss blocks. We have to get a guy that, if in fact that happens, can create on his own and pick up nice yardage or get into the end zone, whatever the case may be. We don't have that right now in this football team. So um, I would say through the draft, you absolutely have to go that route. I don't want a guy that's coming, you know, coming off of four years already of, of getting beat up in the league. Um, a lot of the running backs on their second contract kind of, you know, their numbers go Dizzle down. out. Yep. They're not as productive. Elma asks, Elma Joyner asks, uh, did you see enough of Tua playing well to see him as our future? You know, I saw good things and I saw not so good things. 
either way, I haven't seen enough to make that call just yet. I, I, I see a lot of things that I really like. I mean, in that third quarter last week, uh, he looked relaxed. He was, you know, he liked that tempo. And you take some of the thought process away when you go up tempo. And he looked, he just looked more relaxed. He wasn't overthinking things. And, you know, it showed in the, in the success and his throws. He was accurate. He was rolling out. Uh, you know, everything looked good. And, and from that one quarter, I'd be like, yeah, this is it. This is the bomb right here. Let's go forward. But then he's had other quarters where he just hasn't made many plays at all. Some of that's on, you know, the the scripted plays. Some of that's, you know, pressure, you know, failed assignments. But a uh, short answer is no, I haven't seen enough to uh, anoint him uh, our future for the next 10 years. Yeah, I'm kind of on the same page, Jim. Um, he's a little shorthanded in regard to talent around him, obviously. And, yeah. um, you know, that's a factor. My concerns with him are the, uh, the physical capabilities, the arm strength, you know, the, um, you know, some of the things that were supposed to be his strengths, you know, I haven't seen that quite yet. And that's a little bit alarming to me. Now, it could come with time as he gets more comfortable, but, you know, you want to see certain things right out of the gate and I just haven't seen it. So I'm on the same page with you in regard to Tua right now. And, and it's unfortunate because, you know, we're looking around the league and we're seeing some of these other guys uh, have success, but it's only five games. So, you know, we've got four big games coming up and I think that this is going to be a, a real test here. You know, he's, you know, even though I'm against it, you know, he's going to be the guy right now and he's going to get the playing time and he's going to get the experience. Let's just hope that he's somewhat successful in doing it. Daniel Reinhardt asks, I know it's early in Flo's tenure, but the arrow is pointing up. My question is two-part. When Flo charged across the field after uh, Jakeem Grant, uh, he was excited. And he wants to know what you guys think that does for the other guys in the locker room. You know, I I think that Flores is in everybody's heart, head, whatever the case may be in regard to this football team. They love him. They're playing football for him. It's something that we haven't seen other, under some of these other head coaches. They go out there and they battle and they fight and they never quit. And it starts from, you know, our quarter, quarterbacks all the way down. All these guys that are undrafted free agents that he gave opportunities to, guys that were cast off from, cast offs from other teams like your boy Siler and people like that. He recognizes players that he knows are going to bust their ass for him. And the fact that they are doing that for him just says it all. It's it's just that simple. So him running onto the field is, you know, is great. You know, I mean, he was sticking up for a guy that got blasted twice. And, and I understand that. But I think that that's just a small element of everything. I think it starts on the practice field every day and his commitment and and him stressing so many different factors in the how how you win football games in the NFL. You know, that's just a small um you know, a, a, what was the second question, Mike? That's just a small. Well, I didn't. I didn't well, ask the second oh, question okay. because right. it's it's and basically what it is is. Uh, do you think he deserves to be in the coach of the year discussion? I would assume we're all going to say yes to that. Yeah, yep. absolutely. I mean, you know, the next four games are going to be all telling in that. I mean, if they make the playoffs, I think that you know he's got a definite. Well, uh, 
I think they're already it. ahead of where anybody thought they'd be. And for that reason, he, he deserves discussion. He may not necessarily deserve to win it, but we'll see. Absolutely. Jimmy Winfield asked, can our secondary, which has uh, basically made our playoff run possible, keep up with and shut down this explosive Chiefs offense? And we sort of tackled that in the preview. Uh, I believe they can. Now, whether they will or not is is another story. But if if each of those players plays to their ability, I think we can uh, not shut down completely, but certainly limit their offense. Yeah, I mean, the secondary, Mike, is going to play. I mean, that's that's not the question. The question is, is how much time is Mahomes going to have to throw the football? I mean, yep. it, it, it a lot depends on how much pressure our defensive line can get you know, get on Mahomes because I don't care who you are as a cornerback. If he's got time to throw with the speed that this team has, there's no way you're going to be able to cover him for five, six seconds down the field. It's out of the question. So, you know, it's a defensive line here. The the secondary we know is very good. Our secondary has been very good. If you you look at last week, you know, Denver – frustrated Mahomes quite a bit in that game. And, you know, realistically, if we execute properly, we've got a more talented secondary than what Denver does. So in theory, we should be able to frustrate Mahomes just as much, but uh, it's going to take a lot of uh, good execution to do that. Jim, uh, Sean Dixon wants to know your thoughts on Isaiah Ford. Isaiah Ford is one of those players that uh, he's like right on the bubble all the time. You know, he looks good one game and then he disappears and then he looks good and he disappears. Uh, he hasn't been, played that many games. <laughs> he hasn't He hasn't played. You know, the Patriots picked him up and now he's back. I do. Well, he's not officially back. Uh, the well, word yeah, is they're going to sign him to the practice squad, but I don't think that's been officially done yet. Yeah, I know that the, the final details aren't there. But, you know, when I look at what Ford contributed when he was a member, he had a lot of, you know, some pretty key third down receptions, which is something that we didn't always get and we don't always get. But he did uh, he did make a lot of key plays. So, you know, looking at our wide receiver depth right now, I don't. Uh, you know, I don't have any issue with bringing him back. And, uh, you know, especially when you can steal a draft pick from the Patriots and, uh, you know, that's all good. But whether he'll get back on the, the starting roster and contribute, uh, I, I don't know. That's that's a 50-50 shot right there. Any thoughts on him, Lewis? Well, they traded him, Mike. So right. <laughs> I think that, that For a seventh-round pick, Lewis. Exactly. He is what he is. I mean, they traded him for a seventh-round pick. Yeah, it was actually a conditional seventh-round pick. Right. And it's not like when we traded him, we were extremely deep to begin with. So, I mean, it gives you, you know, I mean, I don't think we have to spend a lot of time on Isaiah Ford. Yeah, I think people overestimate his his ability, uh, you know. He did a good job for us. He did, but... He's been around how long, Lewis? A while, exactly. Right, he is right. what he is. And right. I think that – I uh, let, let's just go this route, okay? The Dolphins decided earlier in the season to, to go with other players and players with a lot more speed and probably more upside. And I think going forward, that's going to be the exact situation. And, and I, uh, I think we'll that's a fair assessment. Yeah, you know, he's, he's more or less a poor man's uh, – possession receiver he he doesn't have a lot of game breaking ability and that's not what they're looking for they're looking for points yeah all right guys uh anything else you want to add this week 
Did you guys, by chance, I wanted to ask, did you see the pricing on the, on the tickets for this weekend's game? I heard it was insane, but I did not actually look. It's, it's at the lower level are at $389 a ticket. Well, it's only 13,000 tickets, right? <laughs> That's all the Chiefs fans that are wanting to buy up tickets. It's absolutely insane. Um, the cheaper seats, I think, the cheapest seats, I think, are around 220 I mean, my goodness. Uh, we're all okay I, but I, I couldn't afford to go to a game right now with my wife. You know, six hundred bucks you're dropping five, six hundred. It's crazy. They they really have to do something about that. I don't want to get into a big commentary or whatever, but they've really priced the average fan out of going to football games, and, that, and that's kind of sad to me. It really is. Um, you know, well, you want you know, to- if they're still getting sixty five thousand, then you know it's supply and demand. Yeah, it is, Mike, but it's only for, you know, a certain group of individuals that can afford to do that. And that's it. Like I said, I I find that awfully sad, especially when the NFL is promoting so many different things, you know, in regard to uh, certain aspects of, you know. You you still got to pay those quarterbacks 40 million a year. That money's got to come from somewhere. It's Yeah, it's like I said, though. I mean, to me, it's just. I mean, you remember we used to go to games for twenty bucks I in remember. the eighties. We'd pick them up the same day, and we were seeing, you know, just fantastic football teams. You know, it, it's just gotten to a point where, you know, you've you've just eliminated so many people from being able to go and watch a, a game live, and um, it's sad. You know, yeah, I'll leave it at that. I don't disagree with you. I just, I, you know, the the whole financial picture when it comes to football is different than he was in 1980 or 85 or whenever it is you know we were going it's the same everywhere though you know you go to a baseball game or a or a hockey game even you know tickets are tickets are high dollars never mind parking and everything else that's involved so yeah it is, they are. It is what it is it's it's not obviously what we'd like to see but uh, i don't see it i don't see that trend changing anytime soon yeah i can't say that i do either i think with uh, all the money that that's involved in the NFL though is you know what they should do is they should a certain percentage and it could be five ten percent you know make them affordable. Well, they used to have cheap end zone seats. Yes, you, you remember? Yes, of course I remember. That's what I'm talking about. I mean, the NFL has got a lot of money, guys. I mean, work work with people. Well, not this year. They don't greedy, greedy yep. suckers. Yep, 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 yep. All right. All right, so that's going to be it for today. That's a, that's our whiny session for today. Yes, there you go. <laughs> and I think that three it's of us Christmas. would probably it, it, well give back. <laughs> <laughs> we'll we'll uh, be back next week, everybody. Uh, Lou and I will be back Monday to talk about Sunday's game. And uh, until then, fins up, fins up, Dolphins, fins up, Dolphins. All right, so that's our show for this week. I just want to remind everyone that the FinFans podcast is part of the DolphinsTalk.com podcast network. Sports Social Podcast Network.